0: Hello and welcome back to Season 2 of the Business of Show Business Podcast with me, your host, Jamie Boddy. Unpacking the skills needed for the entertainment and creative industries and celebrating those already in them. For Episode 7 last week, I was joined by choreographer Chris Whitaker. We discussed having the courage to pursue your dreams, earning your stripes and swapping auditioning for the other side of the panel. If you haven't listened to that episode already, do go back after this one and give it a listen. For Episode 8 today, I am going solo and it is inspired by a recent panel on which I spoke on in discussing mentoring and getting out of your own way. It was part of a wellness day by Nalika Bose at Pineapple Dance Studio. For any long-term listeners out there, Nalika was a guest on season one, and I'll pop a link to her episode in the show notes if you haven't heard it already. As well as working in the entertainment industry for 13 years as a dancer, arts marketer and journalist, I am also a qualified NLP coach that's neuro-linguistic programming. I offer mentoring and coaching for creatives and freelancers to help them connect the dots and build the career they want. So this episode, will dive into self-talk and how that has lasting effects, both positive and negative, some tips to help you with focus, and also communication. Now on with the show. There's a lot going on in the world at the moment, and when those trials and tribulations meet up with other challenges you may face in work, relationships, in your health or at home, It can be a lot. It can lead to anxiety, leaves you feeling isolated or burnt out. But first of all, I just want to say it's okay to take your foot off the accelerator. Sometimes you have to stop going so you can look at where you are and where you've come from. It is also okay to keep going. It's fine. There's a lot going on. So hopefully this podcast episode will help to equip you with ways in which you can maybe handle your feelings, thoughts and situations differently and maybe give you a little recharge. So the first thing that I want to say to you is just because you're an adult, doesn't mean you have to know everything. Phew, I said it. Yes, everyone Googles, you know what, we're performers, fake it till you make it. But you do have internal resources that can help you get to where you want to be. NLP is all about our neuro pathways and how we talk to ourselves and communicate with others. And the easiest way for me to explain that is if you think of your brain as a phone it has features and apps. When you get a new phone, sometimes you don't even know all the features it has until you stumble across it. All of these features help to make your life easier, whether it's simple as taking a photo, phoning a family member, the calculator, whatever it is. But we can also download new apps all from one spot. However, we also do have apps that we don't know how to use or that if we don't update them, they're old and slow. And the more tabs we have open on our phone and the more apps we have, the more our battery drains and our memory fills up. This is the same for the human mind. We are so accustomed to just looking at things the same way, whether that breeds a positive result or a negative result. We get so accustomed to not running at full capacity. If the phone's run down, we discharge it. We just delete odd few photos. We don't dive as far back as we can. So hopefully this podcast will help you to start looking at situations differently so therefore you can find the resolve from it. You can find a different way to overcome that obstacle physically when we work on our fitness and stamina it's easy to track we go to the gym we eat healthier we can therefore then see the results you may lose some weight your muscles may grow someone may compliment you it also works negatively if you do too much when you burn out you may look tired you're not eating as well someone may also say that to you as well we've all had friends or family that have said oh you look tired and that's them showing concern Where actually this chips away at you but mentally it's a lot harder to work on our mental well-being and stamina it's only you in there so it's easier to pile things on. If I want to lift a heavier weight I have to train to get there because if I just try to lift it out of nowhere I'm either A going to injure myself or B physically not be able to do it. But mentally we don't give ourselves that time to build stamina and to learn and to grow but mental fitness and mental health is so important and it will help you live the life that you want. As a creative or freelancer we always say yes to work because it's bred into us quite early on in our careers that you are only as good as your last job Or that you have to starve for your art. You don't know when the next job is. So you keep saying yes, yes, yes. And even if you are not a freelancer and you have maybe a more structured job, you are still chasing that next step. Is it the promotion? Is it you need to save more money because you want to buy a new house, a new car? We just keep going and going, which leads to fatigue or never stopping to celebrate our victories and to see where we have come from. And then you know when you're in this rat race, you can't take the next job till you're finished with the current one, or you may need to do a job to get you the next ladder. So although we do need to slow down, take that foot off the accelerator at times, or drive down a different route, the journey's mapped out a bit easier. Although with our mental fitness and our goals, quite often because we never write them down or breathe life into them, we just keep it inside, it's a lot harder to gain that focus and clarity. Mental fitness is having the ability to focus on the right things at the right time and not giving power to something else to make you feel a particular way. So my first tip is to help with focus. We have so much going on all the time, juggling so much. But there is actually an ideal focus block. In the 80s, there's an experiment done, and it's known as the Pomodoro Technique, where a cooking time in the shape of a tomato was cranked to 25 minutes. In that 25 minutes, the individual would batch their tasks together and do it in one concise block. And then when the alarm went off, they would give themselves a five-minute break and then crank it again they found that by grouping similar tasks together into one time block, they were able to streamline their resources, increase concentration, minimise distraction and refrain from multitasking. I used to be such a slave to my laptop, having all the tabs open and a task that could have taken 30 to 45 minutes would take four hours, five hours, because I'd be doing everything and doing nothing. So the first thing I want to say to you is batch your tasks and do it in 25 minute blocks. For some of you out there, you may have the mental stamina to go a bit longer or some tasks may take longer and that's fine, but try and keep them concise and short. Anyone who watches Friends, you'll realize that those episodes are 25 to 30 minutes long. That's not because the writers just run out of material. It's just they know that's the optimum time within their characters and the situations to get the most from the audience. The audience will get that reward and be fully committed. One task I want you to do, either now pause the podcast or at the end, is just to write down some tasks that have been weighing on you for the last week or tasks you know you've got coming up and start batching them. So anything that's work-related, put a star next to or an asterisk. Anything that's home-related, put a square next to. And then anything else, put a circle. And just start writing down all your tasks and then batching them together. There's a law and it's called Parkinson's Law. And it says work expands so as to fill the time available for its completion. Sometimes with our tasks, we don't give them those parameters and all of a sudden that task swells and swells to take up time and also mental space and it builds up that negative energy. Quite often we do the mundane things first, like we'll do our laundry or do the food shop or whatever, when you've got the most energy. And then when it comes to your optimum time, you're tired. So for me, I know I have a lot of energy in the morning, so I will always work on my own stuff in the morning and then focus on my client's work in the afternoon. I won't take calls before 10am because I know actually between about 7 and 10, I've got my creative juices flowing. I'm not going to do my housework when I know I'm in my most optimum time for work. I can do my housework in the afternoon or in the evening when I'm tired. So take some time to write down your tasks, batch them up, and figure out when are your optimum times to work. For you, you might not be able to schedule that in if your schedule's all over the place, so what you could do is schedule your time off in. As you know, you don't want to work in that time. Another tip is to have an inspiration station. And I mean to have somewhere that you save content that inspires you if you're ever in a lull or you can't focus. So for me, I have a folder in my Google Drive where I have video clips, podcasts, episodes, quotes, books, things like that so I know if I'm ever losing focus, I can go into that folder and find something to help inspire me. My next tip is cause and effect and taking ownership of what you feel and when you feel it. Often, we let things cause how we feel. You're stuck in traffic. You're raging. It's been five minutes. Ten minutes happen. You then realise, oh, I should have bought a bottle of water or I didn't go to the bathroom. And then 15, 20 minutes later, you've allowed the traffic to make you feel angry. Well, actually, you can't change the traffic. So what you can do is change how you feel, the effect, take ownership of it. Okay, what can you do? Ah, there's a podcast I want to listen to. There's a song that will help make me chill. It could be you do breath or gratification practice. Whatever it is, phone your mum. Take ownership of how you feel and don't give anything or anyone else the power to make you feel inferior or angry. I just briefly touched on their gratification practice and I just wanna hit home on that and make that tip four actually. Every time before I go to bed, I always think of three things that have been really good for me that day. It could be, even if you got cut from an audition, it's, I got to see my friends. I was pulled into the auditions, so that's actually success. I got to do something I love. So try and think of two to three things every day. You don't have to do it at bedtime. You could just think of it when you've got a cup of tea. If things are going bad for you that day, think, actually, what's been the positive from this? I've got to see someone I like. I've got to see a TV show I love. I've got to phone someone practice that gratification. And tip five for focus is I want to tell you motion is followed by emotion. When you're angry, your body will tighten up. You can't sit still. You're fidgety. When you've done yoga, you're so relaxed and chilled and your body is relaxed and open. So if you are ever feeling really angry and mad and you just can't focus or don't know what to do, change your body language change the motion breathe relax it won't change the fact that you're angry but it'll help you to change the way in which you react to that situation it will help you get a bit more clarity and to let it out of your body so emotion is followed by emotion i want to talk to you now a bit about communication and not just the way in which we communicate with others but how we communicate with ourselves there was a study done in the 70s where the breakdown of human communication was split into three percentages come from the words that were spoken, 38% came from the tone or voice, and 55% came from body language. So 7% is spoken words, 38% is voice, and 55% is body language. So first of all, the next time you get an email or text from someone and you dive in in between the lines trying to read into it, think this is only 7% the way in which they were communicating with me. Take effect, take ownership, don't let it cause you discomfort. It's the same actually when you talk to yourself, so self-talk, both positive and negative. The way in which we say things to ourselves, we're very complimentary of our friends, their successes, TV shows we like, our new car, all of that, but quite often when it comes to ourselves we think we're not good enough, we're always a failure, you can't do that. Again think, this is only 7%, I'm only saying these words to myself. Even if you give it a little bit of a tone, that's still less than 100% of the way in which you communicate, so don't be so hard on yourself. Positive self-talk can really help you to reduce stress, boost confidence, and help you to build better relationships. Going back to motion is followed by emotion. There's a fantastic TED talk by Amy Cuddy when she talks about the power pose, the way in which we celebrate once we win the race or get the job. We should do that before we embark on that race or go for the interview. It's a fantastic TED Talk, so do check it out. So again, positive self-talk. The next time you're talking negatively about yourself, I want you to change your body language, change the way, flip that script, change the way in which you look at it. There's a lot I could go into with self-talk and how it leads into limiting beliefs, but I do want to keep this podcast episode short. But you can reach out to me to book a session if you want, where we can really dive into this and help you to master that. Another task I want to set you is to think of your network. Write down people, I don't want anything work-related now, write down people that inspire you, that have got your back, that you can call at any time of the day. I want you to take a couple minutes to write down your network, your support system. And then the next time you say something negative to yourself, imagine that person saying it to you. How would they say it? If you're not feeling good in that outfit and you say, oh, I look fat in this, would your friend, maybe some friends would say that, but what a friend might say to you, No, you look great, but you might feel more comfortable if you change your shoes, or it might feel more comfortable if you wear it with these jeans. So speak kinder to yourself. Another great tip when you are being negative on yourself is our scale of 1 to 10. Quite often when you're in pain or discomfort, you'll give it a scale of 1 to 10. How much pain are you in? You might say to a friend, how fat do I look in this outfit out of 10? Flip that around. So instead of saying how fat do I look, say how comfortable do I feel today on a scale of 1 to 10? It might only be up to 3 but therefore you can change that. It's got more positive slant. How comfortable do I feel today? Three. What can I change to make me more comfortable? Oh, I'm going to whack a blazer on because I'm not feeling too body confident. You go up now, it's like a six or seven on the scale. So flip it when it comes to that negativity. And I'm going to leave you with one last tip that will hopefully help you next time you have a limiting belief, the so next time you think you're not good enough or you don't deserve that. First, it's separating the fact from the limiting belief. A fact would be, I have no money in my bank account. The limiting belief would be, I can't earn more than £20,000 a year. There's a difference there. With a fact, that is what it is. A limiting belief, you are given power to that. So that is that I can't earn more than twenty five or twenty pounds a year. Why can't you? A limiting belief is something you believe to be true and it limits you in some way. So the next time you have that limiting belief and think, I'm not good enough, breathe into it, break it down, You are good enough. That's not a fact. You have skills. You have value. You have friends. You have health. Flip that script. Say you want that promotion. You think I'm not good enough. Think, right, I'm not in the place to get that promotion right now. However, if I did this course, I could. Or if I speak to HR, I could. Next time you think, oh, I can't wear that. I can't possibly do that. You can wear that. It's not physically saying you can't. Unless you physically can't fit it onto your body, then you can't, otherwise you can wear that. Flip that script, speak kinder to yourself. Imagine what your friend would say about it. There's so much I could dive into when it comes to like your limiting beliefs, comfort zones and goals, which I would love to, but this episode would be so long, so I won't. But do reach out if you do want to learn more about that or see how I can help you with where you are at the moment. If you've enjoyed the episode, make sure you head over to Apple Podcasts and leave your review and I'll be back next week.